but it can buy me a boat. There's a place where the boat leads from. Listening to the Always Be Booked Caribbean Cruise and Orlando Vacation Cruise Cast with your host, Tommy Casabona. Thank you, woman I've never met before in my life. All aboard and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Always Be Booked Cruise Cast show, coming to you not quite live from Orlando, Florida. I want to thank you for taking the time to find, download, and listen to the show as we cover anything and everything relating to cruising. Welcome back. Happy New Year, ladies and gentlemen. It is the 1st of January 2017. Uh, You may hear it in my voice. I am a little bit under the weather. I was a little sick. Had a little, came down with a little cold the last couple of days. Far be it from me to be the guy who's going to be responsible and maybe take the uh, night off from drinking on New Year's Eve. But I think if you've listened to the show a little bit by now, you know that I was not going to not have a couple of drinks on New Year's Eve. Uh, so that did happen. It's quite a night last night. By the way, if you guys, if you're in the Florida area and you want to check out the uh, bar that I, I do run, it's called Cowgirls Rock Bar. Uh, it's in the I-360 complex where the Orlando I is. And uh, we have a really, really good time with it there. It's a uh, fun place. It's a country theme, but we do play an open format type of music situation uh, during the uh, weekends. We have a really, really good time. I am very hands-on with the party end of it. I've been doing this for a while, and I don't know. I... Last night I DJed a little bit, like I, I am the like I do run the place, but I also uh, find myself being like I said, hands on. I do have a lot of uh, DJ experience coming up through the years, and you know I'm also uh, I'm not your typical head down mix, you know superstar mix master DJ, but I play the songs that get people going, and as you guys already do know, I love me a microphone, so I'm all over the mic uh, and uh, kind of emceeing and leading the charge, and we have a good time. Stop by and say hi uh if you're ever in the orlando area cowgirls rock bar yeah last night got crazy what did we do last night we had a uh impromptu carlton dance-off competition uh we had a couple of uh people making out on the bowl at midnight and uh then it just i guess it got a little hazy <laughs> after that we definitely had a good time um but you know i really should have slowed down but it's new year's eve what are you gonna do right how was your guys' New Year's Eve? Let me know. Uh, again, uh, please keep the emails coming in. Speaking of, let me know what you think of the show, some improvements, uh, things that we can do differently, uh, any contributions. I'm happy. Uh, bloggers, uh, anybody who does also take cruising very seriously, even if you're just a regular cruiser and uh, you want to you know, do set up a Skype situation where you can call in and uh, discuss uh, you know, either I don't want to necessarily get into cruise reviews and kind of have that be that whole thing, but you know, anything interesting that's going on in the business or an interesting story you might have, or just anything you want to contribute, uh, I would love to have you call in and, and have you on the show. 
that you contact me either on Facebook or hit me up on Instagram or email me directly at Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. Uh, what do you guys do? You guys do resolutions or not? I am that jerk off. I'm the resolution guy. I find myself, you know, especially now I do have the May, um, I'm sorry, March 5th cruise. So, you know, I look at it as like when I'm booked on a cruise, I looked at it as like, all right, I'm going into training, you know, <laughs> like an MMA or a boxing fight. Yes, it, training camp starts tomorrow. It's, it's, it's a crazy thing when New Year's Eve is on a Sunday because I don't start anything on a Sunday, do you? You know, I, 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 I kind of anointed the first of this year is that transition day. You know what I mean? Like, okay, so we're doing the New Year's resolution, but it's a Sunday. You're always going to start things. You start them on Monday. You're going to get something going. So that I, I allowed myself for that. But, I, yeah, I am that resolution guy. I come in. It's always the same thing with me. It's always about saving money. It's always about losing weight. Um, what else? I don't know. This year I'm definitely going to really, really dedicate myself to uh, my career or careers and uh, including this thing that we're doing right here. And I absolutely really am going to ramp up the energy and hopefully get this uh, travel sales and groups cruise sales things going as well. You'll be hearing more about that. What are you guys uh, What are you guys thinking? Anything interesting on your horizon? What are some of your New Year's resolutions? We'd love to hear them. Definitely get back at me. Also, uh, please, as usual, top of the show, have to remind you, please find us on Instagram. Also, Facebook. The keyword is always be booked on Instagram. You could do always be booked or you can search ABB cruising as well. Uh, we've been messing around with the YouTube channel a little bit and uh, having some fun with that. And please, most importantly, the iTunes subscriptions and the iTunes rating and review. That is always a huge, huge help to us. Really, really appreciate it. Um, all right, let's get into it. If you saw, if you do follow me on Instagram, you'll notice that I posted a picture of a ship that does not exist yet. Well, I guess it exists, but it's not complete. So it's the uh, MSC Seaside, and uh, I'm kind of pumped about this ship coming out. First and foremost, let's just talk about MSC a little bit. Uh, it's a you know cruise line that was founded in Italy, and their headquarters are now in Geneva. It is the world's largest, the world's largest privately owned cruise line, and it uh, actually stands for the Mediterranean Shipping Company. It was originally really just geared towards shipping, and it was like a container ship, uh, uh, ship line. Um, it started doing cruises in 1960. So then it just said, screw it, keep the name, you know, Mediterranean sh uh, Shipping Company. But it does pleasure cruises, obviously. Now, we always talk about the big three, which is Carnival, Norwegian, and Royal Caribbean. The number four is MSC. So just peeking outside, looking outside in at the big three is MSC Cruising. And they've really, really seemed to be looking to make their run at uh, becoming, you know, a real mainstream cruise line as they get more and more involved with, you know, Western uh, sailings, you know, in the Caribbean and stuff like that. Obviously, always had a huge presence in the uh, Mediterranean, but like I said, they really have their eyes set on the uh, on the Caribbean market now. Um, so the the subject is uh, the MSC Seaside, and you know, you're always looking for the newest and coolest thing in cruising. And a lot of them, you know, we love these cruise ships. We all, oh, man. To me, there's not a, a bigger wonder in the world than a cruise ship. I mean, how, is there anything that 
moves it's designed to be a transportation vehicle it uh is just a wondrous structure even the average size ones are just these monstrosities i have this theory now i'm not a conspiracy guy but i have to think if there's any sort of world governing body you know people talk about the uh the new world order or whatever it is or if there is one central government for this entire world that we all don't know about i always think there must be a plan for cruise ships because i don't know how many there are out there in the world i'm probably you know guessing in the 250 to i don't know maybe 250 to 500 cruise ships that are out there i'm thinking there is there must be some sort of a doomsday plan like you know code whatever and then all these cruise ships have to be used for something it's just too much of a just i guess you know something that you know if if the if the shit hits the fan on land and something bad happens I'm, I'm I'm imagining that certain people in this world probably have like a card that gets them onto cruise ships and they're directed to some port. And these pleasure vehicles, these pleasure cruise ships are probably uh, transitioned. They probably transition into, you know, these, I guess, I don't know, safe havens or whatever. If it's not the case, it probably should be. You know, I know that everybody knows that they are sometimes used as hotels in the uh, event of hurricanes and stuff like that when people are displaced or whatever. But um, I just love these cruise ships. But the one knock on them, a lot of times, as I've said before, they're just so built similar in terms of just the research that has been done and the discovery of the powers that be that tell you how these things are supposed to be built and you know how to make the most money on these cruise ships around every corner and uh when something truly unique comes along that kind of goes against the grain not even necessarily completely against the grain you know like the oasis of the seas came out you know and obviously the allure and harmony are out now but that whole two hotel style situation with the cutout in the middle and the central park that's a unique thing you know what i mean like when you get uh certain certain things that just throw the industry on its back and i believe that the msc seaside is one of those things i'm really really pumped out pumped up about this cruise ship coming out and just a little bit of uh nuts and bolts facts on it uh it's gonna do year round sailings out of the port of miami it is the first ever MSC ship to be christened in the USA. Uh, the first sailing will happen in December 2017, so we're still a ways ago. We're talking about December 1st, 2017. There's going to be a 21-day grand voyage. It's going to be a transatlantic leaving Italy. It's going to make stops in Spain, Portugal, St. Martin, San Juan, and then Miami. And actually, the deals on it are pretty good right now. You're talking about a inaugural sailing, transatlantic, 21 days, stopping at four incredible ports for $17.29 per person right now. You know, uh, I don't know if that's something. I'm <laughs> I don't think, uh, you know, 21 days getting off of work right now is going to work for me. But anybody who uh, can pull that off, I mean, the price definitely is right. So once it's in Miami, that's going to be its home port. The first sailing out of Miami will be a St. Martin, San Juan, and Nassau uh, run. But then it's also going to switch up and do Western Caribbean too. And it'll alternate. It'll do those ports. And then it'll also do Ocho Rios, Grand Cayman, and Cozumel. They're actually, if you go on the website and look at it, they're actually selling the back-to-backs as you know, just one cruiser. They're selling 14, 
14-day Caribbean cruises. You know what I mean? Like just going right eastern, not western. There's 14 days they're selling uh, along with just selling each of those individually. Um, pretty interesting. I've seen you know back-to-back cruises being sold, but this seems to be just regularly. They just put that out there as part of you know one of the itineraries that they're selling. Um, in general, this ship, man, there's just one word that comes to mind. It's sexy. You got to take a look, whether it's pictures, whether it's YouTube or whatever. If you haven't seen it, check out the MSC Seaside. And you'll know what I'm talking about as soon as you look at it, especially the view from the back. You'll see uh, it's, it's what, what it's trying to do is connect you more to the sea. It says it's the ship that follows the sun. Doesn't really make sense to me in that regard because, you know, which where where you know the ship is going where it goes it's going to san juan it's not going to the like, it's just it's a ship that just goes wherever it's supposed to go the ship that follows the sun there's nothing different about where this ship goes or where it ends up that makes it more of a sun following ship than any other ship but that's fine whatever whatever works for them um it's just ultra modern architecture uh like i keep like i keep saying just in a, in a day where all these ships that are built are, are kind of similar in the way they're laid out this one does provide a truly unique experience that puts attractions all over the place like the ship has stuff in areas where you wouldn't find it like for instance it's got a promenade deck but it's got a lido deck on the promenade deck which is basically aft um and aft by aft i always say the word aft if uh you don't know what i mean by that most people in the industry do but if you don't uh, you know, I shouldn't assume that you do. It's the back portion of the ship. Aside from looking like a ridiculously, you know, wondrous piece of architecture, its flow and functionality looks like it'll be different than anything else that we have seen at sea. So, if you see it from the back of the ship, you look like you, it looks like you're in a ho- you're at a hotel. The pool deck is just a pool deck, and then like you see some of these hotels. They look like they're meant to look like cruise ships. This is a cruise ship that's meant to look like a land hotel. And, uh, you know, we'll talk about some of the stuff that is on this ship and just some of the features that are there that make it truly, truly unique. Starting with a sea view glass elevators. Now, they're uh, towards the back of the ship. They provide fast connections to all the upper decks, the outdoor areas. Uh, both the walls and the floor of these elevators are made of completely, completely made of glass. So you're standing on glass. You're looking outside. You get on. It's like along the theme that they say they want to really, really connect you with the sea. Now MSC cruises. Uh, these ships are beautiful and they're state of the art in general. But they've usually been made, you know, for not necessarily the warmest of climates, not Caribbean style climates. This one is. Uh, so, you know, that's the first feature of it that I mentioned. Definitely speaks to just wanting to be more of a scenic more closer to the sea, more closer to the horizon uh, type of ship. The lower position Lido deck, which is what I was talking about, if you look into the back area of the ship, you'll see it. It's got a a pool deck. It's got a sea-level waterfront promenade. So you can walk around. It's almost like a Lido deck, a lower lower place Lido deck towards the back of the ship that just leads to a promenade uh, uh, circumnavigating the sides of the ship. It's also enclosed by a glass wall, so you can see right out of it, and it's completely unobstructed views. The promenade has uh, multi-duty-free shops, dining venues with outdoor seating, um, as well as bars, restaurants, alfresco eateries, tons of stuff. Um, There's uh, a couple of terrace cabins overlooking the promenade deck as well, so you can actually get a cabin that overlooks that deck. 
Now, what they also have is a uh, outdoor wellness facilities. Now, again, connecting you with the sea. They have a spa and a gym that is actually outside. You're outside working out, lifting weights, treadmills, whatever. Uh, also, luxury cabanas for outdoor spa treatments. Two wellness cabins uh, with a kinesis a tech- and techno gym equipment. The uh, There's a double-deck atrium. Uh, with a sea view, transparent glass wall. So you're in the atrium. The entire wall is made of glass. It's going to be truly, truly unique. There's also three catwalks with glass railings and glass floors. So you can. <laughs> this is awesome, man. I can't, I really got to get on this ship. It's got three catwalks that you can walk and extend beyond the edge of the ship. So you're walking out over the edge of the ship on top of a glass floor. Um, a little scary, I you know. Of course, you got to do it, but it's it's just amazing. You know, not again. You don't see that. Yeah, Norwegian has the plank. You could walk the plank, and uh, you know, there's been some water slides over the sea. And it's actually doesn't uh, Royal Caribbean um, on the Liberty class? Don't they have hot tubs that extend over the sea? But this is you can walk outside over the side of the ship. So there's three of them. Uh, one is on the top deck. It's a hundred feet. Uh, it's thirty meters above sea level. The other two are on deck eight. And it's 130 feet long and, the, and 40 meters in length. And are um, the part of the outdoor promenade deck that fully encircles the whole ship. So there is a promenade that completely encircles the entire ship. You get 360 on that. There's a top deck zip line. Now, uh, Royal Caribbean broke out with that, with the Oasis of the Seas. And, uh, you know, the first zip line that goes across those two hotels overlooking Central Park. But this one, they went even crazier on it. This is a uh, 426-foot zip line, and it is officially, will be officially the largest, um, I'm sorry, the longest at sea. Tons and tons of staterooms. They have, you know, I think there's like something like 74% balcony cabins, tons and tons of aft corner suites, beautiful, beautiful facilities. I mean, the, the balconies. Look incredible. I don't know what the floor is. I couldn't really make it out because it, a lot of it is virtual, but it looks almost looks like lawn, like almost like a celebrity Lido deck style. Uh, they have balconies that are that are made of lawn outside. Really, really cool. Um, expand and enhanced MSE Yacht Club complex. They got the private lounge in there. They have a solarium, swimming pool. This looks a little bit like something that might be an upgrade, but you know. It's, I hate when they do that. I hate you know how the haven in certain areas they just completely exclude you. I get charging people for things and you know trying to make as much money as you can on the ship, but I really kind of believe that if you're gonna if you're gonna pay for a ticket, if you're gonna pay for you know a cruise, you should have access to pretty much most of the stuff. But this particular situation looks like there is a uh, upgrade in this area. What else do we have? Expanded and enhanced MSC Yacht Club complex. So they also have a 950 seat theater. They have a movie theater as well that plays 5D movies. Uh, six rent- restaurants, ten lounge bars, twenty bars in total, six swimming pools, a really really large kids player it's pretty much the largest at sea now uh they have a lego playroom for fun activities and stuff like that they really talk about uh one of the main things that they're pushing on this ship is their huge size interactive aqua park i don't know what interactive means as far as aqua park but that word keeps coming up when they describe this uh aqua park but there's five count them five high-tech water slides or all innovative all age attractions the the slides are awesome because two of them are dueling slides like where you race and it's just really for speed and they're just lightning fast 
One of them is, uh, I guess that's the interactive part. There's video on the walls of the slide. There's uh, some sort of a video game you could play along with it. I have no idea how that works out, but it's got tons of uh, audio and video technology on the water slide to enhance the slide experience. They also have a uh, slide that is, is a tube slide. You can get in a tube and slide down, and then they have like a smaller one for like i guess kids and families and stuff like that so the little kids can go down a slide as well uh but the water slides on this thing look incredible they really really are pushing the hell out of them what else new marine technologies for better efficiency lower fuel consumption top notch safety uh features the new designed msc cruise ships also offer new onboard programming including a new sports program for kids teenagers New theaters, show programs, an interactive cooking class led by a Michelin chef. Tons and tons of stuff. They're really, really making a big deal about the um, spa as well. They're talking about, you know, they're really going to have a package on there that really, really dedicates you dedicates you to wellness. And it's going to offer a package that includes, uh, you know, health conscious meals, great one-on-one consultations, and a doctor's visit. You could actually get a checkup on the ship. See that I don't get. Why, why, why are we going? To, why are we going to? The, why are we doing a checkup on the ship? You know, it's you go to get a doctor's appointment. Was he going to do the whole thing with the stethoscope? He's going to hit the hammer with the knee and all that stuff. Like what? Why you? Why would you want to go on a cruise to do that? You know, what's next? You're going to do a dentist on board. You can get a you know, the first ever uh, root canal at sea can happen. I don't understand why why you're going to have a doctor's visit, but. Hey, listen, some of this stuff will work, some of it won't. Who knows? All right, so as far as restaurants, they're going to have nine restaurants. I guess they'll have six of them that are specialty, but nine overall. There'll be food from around the world featuring a pan-Asian restaurant by acclaimed chef Roy Yamaguchi. I've never heard of this guy, but apparently he's a big deal, and I'm sure he is. Uh, A luxury seafood restaurant will also be in the mix, and a world-class international steakhouse. That's a fancy way to say steakhouse, huh? A world-class international steakhouse. Sounds good. Gotta love marketing, but um, I'm sure it's going to be really, really good. There's going to be 22 total bars. I guess it's not necessarily looking at, okay, bars. This is like an establishment on board. I'm just probably, I'm assuming it's just 22 bars, 22 stations where you can get drinks is probably pretty much what it is. Um, what else? I don't know. And too much else about the ship. There's a lot of stuff. If you look over the deck plans, they leave a lot of space for things that are to be announced type stuff so the ship the ship is not going to launch for just under another year so we have plenty of time so definitely stay tuned i'm very very excited again please check out the msc seaside on youtube or on uh, just check out some pictures of it do some research because i'm not hearing a lot about this ship and i guess probably partially has to do with the fact that msc is not necessarily um, hasn't made a huge splash into the americas yet but it looks like with ships like this it absolutely will um i'm really really pumped for this ship to come out and absolutely can see myself in a nice balcony stateroom on this baby again let me know on uh, always be booked uh facebook or instagram or tommy at always be booked.com if you have an opinion if you've seen this ship if you have any questions if you you know have any suggestions or if there's a ship out there that's coming out that you think is going to be really really cool let me know and uh we will absolutely talk about it on the next show 
So that's pretty much it for the seaside. Let me know if you, what you guys think. Let me know if you guys check this ship out and see if uh, there's, you think it's as cool as I do or if there's another ship that's coming out that you think is cool. Definitely hit me up on uh, Facebook, Instagram, or uh, Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. That's pretty much it on the MSC seaside. I'm really, really pumped, obviously, if you haven't gotten the uh, vibe yet off that since I, re- as I repeat myself 14 times. But either way. All right, so 2017 is New Year upon us. We're all excited about that. In cruising, probably the coolest thing that's kind of happening in in the industry is that uh, as, I guess, tension breaks down between the United States and Cuba, everybody is trying to get in on the Cuban market. So there's a ton of ton of opportunities to go to Cuba now via a cruise and I wanted to get into that a little bit and let you guys know not only a few things that you should know about sailing into Cuba, but also uh, the cruise lines that are going to Cuba and a little bit about each one of those, uh, I guess, and more particularly the ships itself that are going to Cuba and what type of itineraries. So one thing, a few things you want to know if you're going to go to Cuba, uh, just keep in mind that you're not going to, it's a whole different experience, you know, all these uh, islands that you go to now in the Caribbean that are built to just serve you and please you and you know make money off of you and provide you with an ultimate good time and they're clamoring over you and fighting each other for your hard-earned dollars. You're not going to see a lot of that in Cuba. You're not going to see a lot of your favorite American chain stores or chain restaurants. You're not even going to see a Senior Frogs in uh, Cuba. Uh, it's 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 a real real throwback in time to a different era that none of us are probably used to. You see cars that are, you know, you know, you know the deal, you know the old school 50s cars that they just keep repairing. The clothing is is pretty much streamlined when the school kids pretty much have to wear uniforms, but even the everybody else that, you know, walk around, there's not a lot of uh, you know, high level of fashion that goes on. What's cool about it is that it's really safe. You're not going to find a lot of crime you know, there's people are very much kept in line. The police, the law enforcement agencies do not play around over there, and they do a really, really good job of keeping everything safe. You know, I guess that's one of the one of the few good things that come with communism, but it is what it is. Um, dining, interestingly enough, uh, recent, uh, it used to be where the state ran all the dining. You know what I mean? You didn't. You, you, you had to take what you can get. Castro ran the whole, you know, <laughs> fed the whole country, and the, all the food was state-run. That's been deregulated once Fidel's son took over, and it's been much improved. And, uh, you know, people can open restaurants now and serve food and be a little bit more, have a little bit more leeway with the food they sell and how much they charge and the liberties that they can take and a little bit more on the creative side of the food. So that's definitely changed, so the food has gotten much better. Uh, you know, there's just obviously why it's so you know desirable is that there's just a natural beauty of the island and what's cool also is that the people are very nice they're really really happy to see you as an american come in because they don't get you know this is something new for them too they didn't get to interact with americans now one people that aren't going to like you is the rest of the world that have been visiting and vacationing there for a while that have not had the tense relationship with cuba as our country has and now all these Americans are going to be charging in, and this is a this was always their America free zone. They can go to Cuba and vacation and enjoy themselves without having to deal with, you know, us big bad Americans running over. But now we'll probably be inundating the islands with our uh, 
you know, the good news is, you know, we'll be we'll be making the place more crowded. The bad the the, the bad news is we'll be making the place more crowded, but the good news is is that uh, you know, us Americans, we like our vacations and we spend a lot of money on them. Uh, what else is there? Um, they've never really been exposed to a lot of pop culture, so you'll you know things that are second nature to you, things that you take it for granted, things that you automatically assume everybody knows, or people, or places, or things, or TV shows that you know you you assume everybody's heard of. They're not even going to have any idea about. There's very little internet. All the info that they get is given to them by the state. The state runs the TV shows. The state runs the news. All the information, and this is the sad part, is not a free country. All the information they get is given to them by their local government and with whatever spin is put on it by that particular government to keep everybody in line. You know, that's the unfortunate part. It's like ironic because they're on a rock, but in many cases they're living under a rock. See what I did there? Uh, Havana is great at night. Most of these, uh, I guess, port. The, most of these cruise ships will be sailing into Havana as one of the main ports. And during the day, Havana is a bustling metropolis, over two million people in the city. And uh, as far as for Cuba, it's as you know, well developed, and you know, tons of commerce, tons of people throughout the street. You know, it's busy, it's bustling, as we say. But uh, it's not. It, it's it's, you're not going to get hit with a bunch of people trying to sell you stuff the minute you get off the ship. It's weird. It's just kind of everybody's kind of going around doing their thing, and they don't realize there's a whole big world out there, and it's the whole kind of ignorance is bliss thing. They're just kind of marching by the beat of their own drum. They're isolated completely, and they just kind of do their own thing. Now, at night, though, I heard it's a very, very different transition. It actually does liven up at night. When the sun goes down, the live music starts, the parties get going, the Cuba Libres start flowing, a bunch of beer, a bunch of drinks, food, energy, and these parties last till dawn. Once people start drinking, Havana at night seems like a whole different story. Uh, Havana is the biggest city, as we talked about, with over 2 million people. Uh, Santiago de Cuba is another city. It's pretty much... It's congested and it's vibrant and it's you know it's, it's kind of it, it's it's more there's more action seemingly going on in Sant, uh, Santiago de Cuba. It just seems busier. There's a lot more people like it you know in, in a smaller concentrated area. Even though Havana is the most populated city, and then you have Trinidad, and uh, Trinidad is. Uh, evidently one of the most beautiful places on earth and it's more picturesque and it's just got you know people go to trinidad to appreciate the natural beauty uh, of cuba so those are the three areas that a lot of people are talking about cruising to uh let's get into some of the cruise lines that are going there and a little bit of information on them so you have the fathom right now the adonia it's uh, social impact cruising fathom is of course uh you know the fathom is the cruise line and it's under the parent company of Carnival. It's got 704 passengers. Uh, it's a former, formerly a P&O cruise, cruise ship, the uh, Adonia. It was a really, really popular P&O cruise ship, but uh, not currently it's under the Cruise Line Fathom, which is under Carnival, and it's doing these social impact cruises to Cuba. This was definitely the first of the bunch to go to Cuba. When, this, when, these, when they announced that they were going to Cuba for these efforts, these relief efforts and stuff, that was, uh, it was like, it was groundbreaking, you know, not so much anymore, but 
you know, it was at the time. There is no casino on board. You know, that might be a deal breaker for me. I'm all about going and, you know, giving back and doing whatever you got to do. I would love to go to Cuba. And I think it's a great idea to put a little social impact into your vacation. Uh, but I kind of want a casino, to be honest with you. On board, a lot of the activities that you're going to find are not – so you're not going to get the, all the hairy chest competitions. You're not going to get the uh, you know all the crazy trivia and the beanbag tosses and the deck parties. You're going to get more educationally-related uh, stuff like Spanish lessons and you know things that histo- – history lectures and stuff like that. And it's going to be a little bit more of a um, – not I don't want to say serious because it's still a vacation, but less uh, booze fests, I guess, more less alcohol – uh, induced kind of you know whacked out parties and things like that. Uh, this uh, the fathom leaves out of Miami. Um, you know, like I said, you're gonna mix some volunteer work with your vacation, and uh, this unfortunately is going to end in June 2017 for whatever reason. The fathom Adonia was not uh, working out as far as from a financial standpoint for the co- for the company. They are going to give it another go from what I hear. Maybe another carnival ship is going to be dedicated to doing these relief trips. But uh, the Fathom Adonia, the Adonia, I should say, is going back to P&O. And that's much to, to the delight of the people who used to cruise it in uh, the UK. They love that ship. It seems like it was a really popular ship and they were sad to see it go. So good news is the ship goes back to where it was. Bad news is is that the program has has at least temporarily shut down. Uh, what else is there? So you have the uh, Celestial Cruise Line and the ship is Crystal. This is a 1,200-passenger ship. Uh, it's, it's It's got most amenities that most big ships have. While it's far from a big three cruise line, uh, this, the, all they're saying is sometime in 2017, these sailings are going to happen. You can board this ship in either Havana or Montego Bay. Uh, so it doesn't have a United States home port at this time, but you're going to multiple cities within Cuba uh, this ship is gorgeous. You got to check this ship out online too. It's a smaller ship, obviously, only holds twelve hundred people, but it's got the feel of almost like a really nice yacht. It's got a, you know, it's it's a, it's it's laid out. I don't know why I'm saying this, but it, it just looks a little bit more like a yacht, less than a cruise ship. But it's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful ship. Uh, definitely check it out. What they're doing is seven day trips, uh, sightseeing, uh, beach days, and more. So. There also let's talk about the people to people program real quick. Now, as the tensions ease between the United States and Cuba, yes, you know, it would have been ten years ago unheard of to be able to cruise to Cuba. But now it's not like, okay, they're not saying, All right, you know what, come on back, let's go, let's roll let's get the let's get let's ice down the liquor and let's party. It's not that's not how it's going. What they're saying right now to ease back ease us back into the mix with Cuba, they're saying that there's uh, regulations in which you can visit Cuba under. It has to be part of this quote-unquote people-to-people program where you are intermingling with Cubans. You're doing some sort of something charitable or at least touring Cuba. You're learning about the Cuban culture. You're having a one-on-one with the people of Cuba. And it's still, to me, a little bit gray as I try to investigate it. Like, what does that exactly mean? Like, can you just go up to an old lady on the street of Havana and have a 15-minute conversation with her, put it in your journal, and you're good? Or does it have to be more sanctioned? Do you have to go into a hospital? Do you have to visit? And I don't, I don't even get it either. What is the, the benefit of us necessarily telling them if they want to keep things more, uh, you know, under wraps, 
why would they want their people necessarily getting all these big ideas from Americans of us telling them how repressed they are? But for whatever reason, the people-to-people program, maybe it's not just that. Maybe it's just something. Maybe you just have to commit to some sort of a charity. Not only a charity, but some sort of a giving back. You can't just go there and grab a jet ski and get drunk and get back on your ship. You're supposed to go there in efforts to you know speak to people, relate, and communicate, have one-on-one with the culture. And from what I understand right now, the only accountability on that is you just have to keep a journal of what you did, and you have to show it to the customs officers or you know the, the port officials on your way out. And I don't know. At this point, I don't know of any accountability. Like, let's just say you just wrote it up and you know made believe you had a great time, and then out of nowhere, you know what? Just to be in compliance, I got to make up some stupid journal. Probably not. What you probably have to do is probably have names and phone numbers, and I bet they do spot checking or whatever. But again, like I said, I don't know how much they can you know enforce that. But it is there. There is a people to people situation now. A cruise line like. Uh, Celestial and the cruise and this crystal ship, they don't have to comply to that because they are not an American cruise line, and you know they're they don't have anything to do with America, so they're not subject to those same people to people guidelines. So that's the difference on that. Okay, so moving on, you have the Pearl Mist. This is a very small ship. It's a 200-passenger ship. It almost looks like a river cruise boat. It's probably about six or seven stories high. Uh, these are going to be taking place starting in January, so any day now. Uh, they're very, very luxurious, I guess, from a service standpoint, from a stateroom standpoint. You know, it doesn't. It looks like a cruise ship that would hold way more than 200 people. But the answer to that is since it's so luxurious, they probably take care of you with the staterooms a little bit better. Probably more space, probably more room to stretch out, and it's probably just a more high-end experience. Um, They're out of Miami. They offer 10-day sailings with a bunch of stops throughout Cuba. And from what I'm gathering, it's a very older crowd averaging over 60 years old to 70 years old each. All right. As we get closer to... uh, cruise lines we've heard of the uh marina from norwegian it's a uh 1250 person passenger ship i'm sorry a 1250 passenger ship it's going to be in march 2017 launch and they're going to do 10 and 14 day itineraries that include an overnight in havana and that's huge i absolutely want to do an overnight in like i said somewhere in the caribbean st thomas san juan now havana wherever like not necessarily grand turk not necessarily uh half i don't want to do an uh, overnight in half moon k but uh you know places like havana san juan um you know st thomas i would love to do an overnight uh so 10 and 14 day itineraries and uh, the Norwegian Marina, since uh, you know, it will comply with the people-to-people regulations to where you will have to at least do some sort of, you know, whether it's relief work or whether it's some sort of conversation or dialogue where you'll have to keep a journal and you'll have to present it before you get back on the ship. Um, all right, the Azamara Quest, that is a uh, division of uh, Royal Caribbean. They're also going to be launching in March of 2017. This is a ship that's just under 700 passengers, and they're going to be based out of Miami as well, and there's gonna, they're going to be 12 night sailings. They're also going to comply with the people-to-people um, policy. Uh, it's another small ship. There's not too many amenities that you'd find on larger ships. It is uh, a luxury ship as well. You're going to get a beautiful 
high-end service, uh, high-end quality of food experience, but you're not going to have the, uh, you know, the 500-person deck parties. You're not going to have the belly flop competitions and all that stuff that you're used to on when you sail in the big three or Disney or something like that. Um, what else? Okay, so now Empress of the Seas in April. This is the first official launch from one of the big three into Cuba. So in April 2017, Royal Caribbean will be dedicating the Empress of the Seas to Cuba. We're talking about a 1,650-passenger ship, and they're going to be doing four, five, and seven-night sailings. They're initially going to be out of Miami, but after a couple of Miami sailings, they're going to reposition and move over to Tampa, and they'll be staying in Tampa um, and you know, doing those four, five, and seven-night sailings. Interestingly enough, they're the first ship, the first cruise line, the first sailing to Cuba that's going to have an option that lets you do it in under seven days. So you can, you know, get in and get out much, much quicker. It's interesting. I, I haven't looked at pricing for any of these. I'm trying to, you know, I'm kind of fascinated to see how much these are going to cost. They're also going to comply with the people-to-people regulations as well, and that is Empress of the Seas, Royal Caribbean. Also, Norwegian Sky. Now, the Norwegian Sky, what do you call that? It's like the drunk boat, isn't it? That's the <laughs> largest ship that is currently set to go to Cuba. You know, I got a free cruise on the Norwegian Sky set up. It's either a three- or a four-nighter. I don't even know what I did. Right outside Cowgirls, where I work, there's a kiosk set up, and there's just a picture, a poster of a cruise ship. And naturally, I'm going to wander over and ask, what the hell is that? Turns out it's one of those timeshare deals where you go see a timeshare presentation, and then the guy gives you just a litany of options where it's like you could do theme park days. You could do, I don't even know what I don't even know what my option was. All I know is I think I went to the timeshare thing, which is like a three-hour tour of a Wyndham Resort facility, and I also had to pay, I think two hundred, two hundred bucks, and then in exchange for that, I got a cruise for two. With all the alcohol included, uh, plus a trip, uh, I'm sorry, a uh, pass to Epcot, and also a pass to, for two, and a for two pass to Universal Studios as well. Like I said, man, I went, I just wasn't into the theme park thing, but the value was great. For the cruise alone, you know what I mean? It's just, that's already just out of control. I paid the port charges already so now i'm just looking at a cruise for two and it could be either three days or four days i think they alternate those sailings on norwegian out of miami and it's the norwegian sky which i'm looking up you know some norwegian cruises and i realized that anytime you cruise on the norwegian sky you are not paying for alcohol so anytime you're on that ship and they're going to continue that tradition uh, with the Cuba sailings as well. So I guess that's just—I mean, can you imagine that boat, that that ship? It's a—it's just nobody ever pays for drinks on the Norwegian sky. They must have all sorts of freaking cleaning problems, plumbing problems. I mean, that's got to be the drunkest ship ship at sea. It has to be. Um, you know, Norwegian sky. So you're looking at a, a typical Norwegian cruise. This is, we're getting into, this is like the real, this is the biggest ship that's going to be in Cuba. It's going to be over 2,000 people. It's a traditional cruise experience. You'll have your deck parties. You'll have your hairy chest competitions. You'll have your trivia. You'll have all that stuff. Entertainment heavy, as Norwegian always is. And it uh, it should be, you know, the first trip into Cuba where, yes, you can let loose. And, yes, it also will be um 
complying with the people-to-people policy as well. There's a few other cruise lines going to Cuba as well. Uh, You can look them up if you want the details on that. There's probably another seven or eight of them that we don't necessarily have to go through. But you have the seven seas, um, and they're also, as always, going to offer high-end luxury cruises. And MSC is getting into the game, but they are going to have two cruise ships that home port in Cuba coming up in the next uh, few years as well. All right, so that is Cuba in a nutshell. I know there's a lot more. We kind of just operated on the periphery of it, and there's so much more details, and we're going to get a lot more feedback as these sailings start taking place. But hopefully that was a few things. If you are thinking about going to Cuba or if you want to just wanted some more information on going to Cuba and its uh, feasibility for you and your family or whoever you're cruising with, hopefully that helped you out a little bit. All right, what we're going to do now, we haven't done it in a while. We're going to go into a crazy cruise story right now, and (laughs) this one is a funny one. Uh, I don't know if you've heard this story before, but this is what we look in, you know, past, I guess we look into the archives of news, and we try to find a wacky cruise story that has happened, uh, and we give you the story and, you know, maybe some commentary. would love your feedback on this as well. But uh, this one is about a woman who thought it would be a good idea to swim after her husband, who she thought was on a cruise ship, and she thought she was going to catch up to the, the ship uh, while she was swimming in a body of water trying to, you know, get him because I guess she was suspecting that he was cheating or something. But here's the story. Susan Brown, 65, was pulled from the ice-cold waters off the coast of Madeira shortly after midnight on Sunday with severe hypothermia after more than four hours swimming a third of a mile out to sea. She told rescuers she jumped into the water from bed beside the Portuguese Islands airport, believing her husband, Michael, had gone back on board the Marco Polo cruise ship after Bolt had disembarked earlier in the day following a blazing row. What the hell is a blazing row? I have no idea what a blazing row is, but it says it right there. I stopped just to make sure I didn't read it wrong, but yeah. So they disembarked earlier in the day following a blazing row. The pair cut short a 32-day tour with only four days left, booking easy jet flights to get them back to Bristol on Saturday evening after arriving on Madeira from the West Indies. After losing sight of her husband sometime before boarding the the jet home, Mrs. Brown said to have become convinced he had returned to the ship. So she couldn't find her husband and automatically just assumed that he had to be on the ship. When the ship then passed the airport's coastal runway, she is reported to have taken to the water to make chase. (laughs) I can't even read this. This is serious. This is a real story. Gripping her handbag, Mrs. Brown made it in, made it more than 1,600 feet before struggling. Her life was eventually saved by the passing fisherman who heard her panicked screams for help shortly after midnight. So this was after midnight. She's in the middle of this body of water with her with her purse chasing down her husband, who's not even on the ship she thinks he's on. It today emerged that Miss Brown was singing at a local church shortly before the bizarre incident. She was pictured at an Easter mass with a candle in her hand during a service near the spot where she rescued. She was rescued by fishermen just after midnight on Saturday. A fellow worshiper said she joined in the singing at Seo Pedro Church overlooking the Atlantic and celebrated Holy Eucharist. Details of the moments leading up to the drama of Mrs. Brown's sea rescue emerged as her husband, Michael, 69, remained holed up at the couple's home in Shaftesbury, Dorset, after flying back home from Madeira alone. 
They parted company after cutting their crew short when their ship Marco Polo docked in the island's capital, Funko, on Saturday morning on its way back to Bristol. They took a taxi to the airport together before Mrs. Brown jumped in the Atlantic in what she told police officers after her rescue was a desperate bid to swim to the ship because she mistakenly believed her husband had returned to the vessel. A church worshiper who asked not to be named told local paper Diario de Noticias the British tourist had turned heads by arriving at the small whitewashed church usually frequent only by locals around 7.45 p.m. on Saturday for a 90-minute service which started at 8 p.m. So she went to this church where I guess this is a real not necessarily mandatory private but it just kind of is private. Mostly only locals go to the service and all of a sudden this woman shows up. She is said to have been spotted on a seawalk in front of the church at 10 p.m. more than an hour after she was initially believed to have jumped into the sea and the Marco Polo had left for Libsyn. The worshiper said she actively celebrated Holy Eucharist which started at 8 p.m. and she didn't leave the church until 9.45. She attended Mass, sang, and spent some time afterwards at the chapel. During a brief conversation she had with a fellow churchgoer, she said she was staying on the Marco Polo. Mrs. Brown, a regular churchgoer in her hometown, is still being cared for at a women's psychiatric center in Funkel after being transferred late on Monday from a city hospital where she was treated for hypothermia on Saturday. So first, yeah, you get the whole hypothermia thing squared away, and then you put her right into a nuthouse, which is sounds like what they did. Police said they had yet to receive permission from a doctor to quiz her. Brothers Leonardo and Carlos Correa and the fellow fisherman Maradillo Friatas yesterday claimed that they were the ones who had rescued Miss Brown and said she was just a half hour from death when they pulled her from the chilly water. How the hell do they, these are two fishermen, should they pick this woman up and, uh, oh yeah, half hour from death, in my educated opinion. Could have been 35, 40 minutes, but yeah, somewhere around the half hour from death. How the hell do they know? All right, quotes. I just saw her pale white face bobbing in the water, Maradillo told Mail Online. She was barely conscious. She's lucky to be alive. I don't think she would have lasted another 30 minutes. So consistent with the half hour uh, thing. At first, we thought she had fallen from the cruise ship. She just said, thank God and oh, thank God when we found her. She was so cold she could hardly say anything. We just wrapped her up and phoned for help. Quote, it was very scary seeing this white face bobbing above the water. It reminded me of the film Titanic at the end where people were drowning. All three men said her small hand, well, really, they weren't really drowning really too much, were they? It was mostly because they were just freezing, stranded in the water. You guys got to watch that movie again. The three men said her small handbag probably saved her life as it had filled with air and acted as a buoyancy aid. According to Maradillo, she was lucky that the sea was calm and she was able to be seen thanks to the full moon. So that was huge, played a huge part in it. It was a nice bright moon, hit the water, her nice bright bobbing white head <laughs> kept bobbing up and down, which, I mean, what are the chances? She got very, this is a, you're talking about a very lucky woman here, ladies and gentlemen. While authorities have not confirmed where, where Bre- uh, Miss Brown is thought to have jumped into the water, locals believe she entered the water very near the airport where rocky steps led down to the sea. Uh, Funkel Port Captain Felix Marquez told local press Miss Brown had been a passenger on board the Marco Polo. He had earlier explained how she was rescued 500 meters from the coast and that she and that the only version of accounts anyone has had yet was from Miss Brown herself. 
Speaking yesterday, Captain Marquez said, the only version of Saturday night's events we have so far is that the woman who was rescued from this is from the woman who was rescued from the sea. She said at the hospital where she arrived that her and her husband had cut short their trip after arriving in Moderna on Saturday and just gone to directly to the airport to buy two plane tickets to fly back to the UK with EasyJet that same day. But she said she lost contact with her husband at some point while the air, uh, while at the airport and jumped into the sea to try to reach the ship after seeing it in the distance as it left port because she assumed he had changed his mind and just went back on board. <laughs> now, you're not getting this from this story, and I don't know if they continue. This is kind of a long one. Uh, the last version I read of this story, I just pulled it up again because I assume they were mostly AP-style stuff, and they're all kind of similar, is that she suspected him of cheating. She thought he was trying to ditch her for another woman. This is like elderly people doing this, like 70 years old. It's good to know. It's kind of encouraging. The guy's still in the game at like 70, uh, where he... Uh, or at least the wife, he's, he's in the game enough to where his wife thinks he's still in the game. And I think she thought she was trying to be ditched. And he went back on the ship to try to ditch her because he had met another woman. And she was basically like, I will show you. <laughs> Interpreting today's re- uh, revelations, he added, I am aware of the reports about her attending a church mass. And it knocks down the version of events she told my officers on Saturday about wanting to swim to the ship because she thought her husband had changed his mind about flying back to Britain and had taken a taxi back to the vessel. To be honest, it makes no sense, and it could be related to the fact that she was very, very confused at the time, uh, to say the least. The Marco Polo crossed the area where she threw herself into the sea at 8.30 p.m., which coincided with the moment she's said to have been in church. The ship would have been out of sight by the time the service had finished, and much more so at 10 p.m. when she was seen on the promenade in front of the sea. We haven't been able to speak to her again yet because we haven't got doctor's permission to do so, and so we haven't been able to check the reports firsthand with her. But if they are true, then it means she wouldn't have been in the water as long as we initially thought. I mean, there's all semantics right now. I'm not interested in how long they... I'm just... I just love the fact that a woman jumped into the water thinking her husband was cheating on her, got on a boat. I mean, wouldn't you be like, you know what, if this guy's on this boat with this woman, why would I? Well, just let the ship go. What am I going to do? You know, I'm for, <laughs> it's amazing what love can do, huh? Captain Marquez said he had spoken with the captain of the Marco Polo, who insisted he had no evidence of any rows or fights. Uh, rows. There's that word again. Any rows or fights between... Mr. and Mrs. Brown. So a row must be like a fight or something. Maybe some of you guys knew that already. I did not. The couple had been on the ship for four weeks before disembarking at the week, uh, at the weekend. Local reports initially suggested the couple decided to call the trip short with only four days to go after the after becoming embroiled in an argument. Portuguese police confirmed yesterday that Mr. Brown had returned to Britain alone on Saturday night. There was no response to the couple's uh, at the couple's. Uh, $300,000 home on Fontmel Magna Dorset when visited by Mail Online today. A church acquaintance of Mrs. Brown, who has no children this afternoon, described her as very friendly and a nice lady. Oh, this thing still goes on. I'm going to keep reading. Guys, if you turn the podcast off right now, I won't blame you. But I'm, I'm just kind of committed to reading this story. So I'm going to keep going. Sue Mercer, a 65-year-old retired animal carer, explained that the Pensioner is part of a group 
in the local church known as Jenny's Ladies, a reference to Jenny Jones, the wife of the retired church pastor. What? Jenny Jones, the talk show host that I'm talking about? She said, Mrs. Brown is just a normal, nice lady. She does a lot of work with the church. She is very generous. She must meet lots of people through the church. She is a very friendly person. I don't know her too well. I'm not friends with her, but we are acquaintances. Mrs. Mercer added, I knew she had gone away for a long cruise, but it sounds like she is just very lucky to be alive. It's thought that Mr. Brown had previously suffered from ill health, which Miss Brown had helped nurse him through. It's not yet known if he now plans on returning to the island to visit his wife. Officers, what? Oh, because she's still on the island and she's still being, uh, she at this time was still being cared for. Officers uh, thought to be planning to interview Miss Brown to try to glean more details of Saturday night's bizarre incident. The Marco Polo docked in the Madeira on uh, in Madeira on Saturday morning around 10 a.m. from Barbados and left the island around 8 p.m. the same day. By that point, the couple both believed to have been at the local airports 20 miles east along the coast, but not together. Uh. That's it. I'm not going to continue to read this story, but that's just just really, really weird. The bottom line is a woman jumped off of a pier to try to swim to a cruise ship because even though they agreed to get off the ship and fly back, she thought her husband ditched those plans, met a woman, and got on the ship, and her solution to that was to jump in the water and uh, swim to the ship when she got to the ship what was she going to do like what was she thinking she was going to do if she caught up to the ship that was going probably around 20 knots who knows um you know you always think you've heard it all and then you hear something like that completely and totally amazing um and that's pretty much it for this week ladies and gentlemen thank you so much i am going to cut it a little bit short only because i am a little under the weather i am looking forward to a great year of 2017 i wish you guys everything that you want out of life for this new year and uh hopefully we continue to make this thing even uh more relevant week after week and thank you so much for listening again please find us on uh instagram as well as facebook and subscribe on iTunes and tell your best friend who likes cruises about the cruise cast. Thanks again. Always be booked. Appreciate you guys listening. We'll talk to you next time. There's a place where the boat leaves from. It takes away a little your big problems. You could worries, you could drive them in the blue ocean. But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from. Take one part sand, one part sea, and one part shade of a nine on tree. And the drinks are cold and the reggae is hot And I know this is the place for me Get away to where the boat leaves from It takes away all of your big problems You could worry, you could drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat